When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support for this podcast comes from Is Business Broken, a podcast from BU Questrom School of Business. Stick around until the end of this podcast for a preview of a recent episode exploring the history of investors holding businesses accountable and the dawn of the ESG, or Environmental Social Governance, movement. Produced by the iLab at WBUR, Boston. This week on Thanksgiving, we're taking a buy from our usual episodes and giving you a meme series bonus. But it is a family-oriented bonus. My name's Kyle Craven. I am 31 years old. I am a internet meme. And uh, I live in Akron, Ohio. I have a family, um, two kids. And uh, that's pretty much it. Kyle's got a family now at the age of 31, but this story starts with him and some of his buddies in high school. They were pranksters. You know, we'd, we'd go to the classics where, you know, in a busy hallway you would, uh, you know, put down a banana pill at the right point and, you know, people would actually slip on banana pills, which is just, you, you never <laughs> realize it, but that's a real thing. And it would be so funny watching people just bust down and fall on the ground and, you know, or, you know, you'd, you'd take somebody's locker and you'd stack all the books on that top shelf just right so when they open it, they fall all over the floor. Or um, another thing we used to do was throw butter packets up on the uh, cafeteria ceiling. And the thing with butter packets, as they start to warm up over time, they fall back onto people. So mm. you would always hit get people getting hit in the head with butter packets and looking around like, who just threw a butter packet at me? Well, it's on the ceiling. They didn't realize it. That's innovation. Yes. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> we, yeah. Depending upon who you were in high school, Kyle and his buddies either sound like your kind of people or maybe the worst. My kind of people, for sure. Obviously. But I feel like you liked some of Kyle's vibe too, Amory, right? And not just because you both wore braces. Oh, yeah. I got some prankster in me. <laughs> My braces at the time were bright pink. Uh, I was, was going to ask about the braces because the braces obviously are a key, yeah, and, key element. And, you know, that was one of the things, you know, as soon as I got my braces on, you know, they're, I had to be sophomore or maybe a freshman in high school at the time. And, you know, they, they ask you, what color do you want? You know, most people do clear. And I go, give me the rainbow. You know, I'll, I'll take every color, you know. And they're like, that's, you know, we only do that to little girls. But okay, you know, that works. So <laughs> um, it was just one of the few outlets I was allowed at a Catholic high school to um, show um, show off or do, you know, anything for a joke was pretty much what it was. Hmm. When did you start kind of sabotaging your your school pictures? Um, oh, it started f probably freshman year. You know, it, coming from, I came from a, a smaller private um, grade school into a larger Catholic high school, still private as well. But, um, you know, I didn't, 
I went from a class of 50 to a class of 350 kind of deal. So it was, it was a culture shock, you know, as far as that goes. So my freshman year, I was still, still, you know, feeling the water and trying to get a good feel of what, you know, high school's like. So, you know, my, 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 my freshman year yearbook photo was semi-normal. You know, I just kind of did a smile and that was it. Now, my sophomore year, I got a little more clever, I'd say, and there are actually two yearbook photos of me, two separate. It's not like there's the same picture. It's two different yearbook photos of Kyle Craven slash Kyle Craven. So it looks like I'm, I have a twin that's named Kyle Craven. <laughs> so that one was actually a little more difficult to pull off. I had to do a little bit of uh, bribing of some people on the yearbook committee. Junior year, though, Kyle got the photo that would eventually go down in history. The yearbook photo day came around, and so I go down to um, the local thrift store. I buy that sweater vest you see in the photo. And um, uh, it was one of these things where I'm getting ready, I'm, I'm, I'm up next, you know, I'm rubbing my eyes, trying to make them as puffy as possible. You know, they ask you, what background do you want? And, you know, your options, everybody usually does a blue or a gray. And I go, oh, no, purple, that looks great, you know. And uh, so they put the purple up and... Uh, you know, I give a, a grin as I'm laughing, and, um, you know, the lady takes it and goes, okay, that's that's that. That was not that, though. So my, my principal pulls me out of school class after I get my photo and says she's absolutely not putting that picture in her yearbook and that retakes her tomorrow, and she expected me to be there. So I had to go to retakes. I scanned Whoa. the— Yeah, no, they was not getting— How did she find out so fast? Um, the, so after the prior year where I had, uh, two Kyle Cravens in the yearbook, I think they were more on the lookout. Oh, you were on a list. Oh, 100%. What was the principal's name? Uh, <laughs> Dr. Biting. So, um, Dr. Bite Biting? Yes. Wow. Like um, B-I-T-I-N-G? I could not, I, I could not tell you how to spell that. Um, <laughs> but but you can imagine that that name was uh, viciously trolled by some of the people who went to school with, <laughs> under that person. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> growing up, uh, my father used to get calls from my school a lot. And it, you know, it always went the same way was... You know, my dad would ha- get a call. I'd come home later. He'd go, you know, so-and-so called, and, you know, you're you, you screwing off in school again. And I'm like, oh, no, I just, you know, blah, 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 pulled a joke, or I did this, or, you know, it won't happen again. And, you know, a month later, maybe he'll get another call. And finally, he'll, he, he'd end up telling the school, like, stop wasting my time. You know, he's wasting your time. Don't waste my time. Just handle it. That's why I pay you guys money for my kid to go to school there. And so he used to get fed up with it a lot. And, uh... So, like, with yearbook photos, I never even brought them home or showed anybody at my home kind of deal. Just, it just made things smoother, you know? Kyle did his retakes and didn't think much about his prank, though he did manage to get and keep the first version of the photo, which several years later he would use as his Facebook profile photo. 2012 uh, was my last year of college. And my friend at the time uh, lived out in Los Angeles. I was back in Ohio. Um, and he would always call me, you know, at 3 o'clock in the morning because of the time change and, you know, think I was going to pick up the phone. But he would always leave voicemails. And so I would always get these stupid voicemails in the morning. 
Well, one morning I wake up and it goes, hey, it's it's me. Uh, I, I made you internet famous. Not a big deal, but uh, we'll talk later. You know, I get on, at the time, Reddit and I look at advice animals, which was like, the, it, it still is like the go-to meme uh, page on Reddit. And there's my picture. Was there an original caption that went to it? Like he just, he said, this is bad luck, Brian, or how, what was the original presentation? So I, I don't know. I, I think the first meme he posted with the picture was takes driving test gets first DUI. And um, I, I think soon after that, he came up with the name bad luck, Brian. Oh, yes. The meme representing all pathetic internet misfortune, Bad Luck Brian. More on how that worked out for the face of that meme, Kyle Craven, in a minute. Support for this podcast comes from Is Business Broken, a podcast from BU Questrom School of Business. A recent episode explores the long tradition of investors influencing companies to do better. If you even go back to the 1600s, the Dutch East Indies companies, you'd have ships that would disappear for three, four, or five years at a time. And there were mechanisms that were needed because investors would put money into these operations. Stick around until the end of this podcast for a preview of the episode. A gruesome scandal at the nation's most prestigious university shines a light on a macabre and lucrative world of buying and selling human remains. Human body parts taken by a manager at the Harvard Medical School morgue and then sold to customers online. So my first skull is right there on the top shelf. That's my first and my favorite. I'm reporter Ali Jarmani, and this story raises some tough questions. How should we treat the dead? And who gets to decide? There should be some middle ground where we treat deceased tissues differently than we treat old refrigerators. This is Postmortem, the Stolen Bodies of Harvard, a new season of WBUR's Last Scene. Listen and follow Last Scene wherever you get your podcasts. So after Kyle's friend yanked his jokey yearbook photo off his Facebook page and memefied it as Bad Luck Brian, it went gangbusters on the internets, which Kyle's high school and college sweetheart, who is now his wife, was not thrilled about. You know, she's big into, well, we're going to show our kids someday, which turns out we did. Um, so uh, she was not happy about that. But luckily for her, my principal caught wind of it and I took uh, retakes anyway. So, hmm. But I, but you, well, one would guess that the the actual, the Bad Luck Brian photo has far, far surpassed <laughs> any attention paid to the actual yearbook photo, right? Like, it's been long ago eclipsed. Yes, so. 100%. How does she feel about that? Um, she, <laughs> so my wife thinks I have a big head as it is already, and I think a lot of myself. So anytime um i do any like a licensing deal let's say or anything like that or even this interview let's say she just she doesn't play too much into it you know and so um if you would go to like her work and talk to any of her friends at work they probably have no idea she she would never ever tell anybody 
other than friends that already know. Hmm. So it's not something she would brag about or even pay attention to. You know, I think the last um, interview I did maybe was for BuzzFeed or, you know, something like that, where it got, you know, a couple million views. And she had some people at work going, oh, my God, Nicole, I never realized your husband was famous. This is amazing. Or, like, Nicole, this looks just like your husband, you know? And she's like, well, that's because it is my husband. And, you know, so, um, Hmm. yeah, she's not one that's big into it. That's for sure. Hmm. Well, did it get famous at the time or infamous in the school? Was it, like, contraband? uh, No. Nope. Okay. No, nope. I don't okay. think at the time it got famous. And, you know, it was... How great. did you get a copy of it? Did they just sort of provide it because they give everybody copies of the photos that they take, even the ones that they retake? Yes, correct. Yep. Okay. Hmm. So fast forward back to 2012. You see, you get this voicemail from your friend saying that he's made you internet famous. You hop on Reddit. You see the picture there. When did you start to realize that this was not going to just fizzle out quickly? Uh, it had to be a few months after that. So, you know, I, I think this was right at the like last semester of college where it first came about. Uh, and so because um, I, I remember like the first major deal I got, I was actually at my work at the time. So I was definitely out of college. So it, 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 it kind of faded down and picked back up and. Um, kind of the first thing that happened that really made me think, well, well, this is a big deal, is that I got a call from a licensing company that was putting my T-shirt or my face on T-shirts and selling them to Hot Topic. And they're like, well, would you be interested in that? And I go, well, yeah, who who wouldn't be interested in that, you know? <laughs> and so that was really cool because you could literally go down the street to the mall and walk in the store and right up there on the wall was my face on a T-shirt. And so you didn't have even a second of hesitation about your face being worn by a bunch of strangers all over the world. Well, no, because this is what's like great about my meme compared to everybody else's meme is that I don't look too much like that photo. So it's not like I go out in public and people are like, you look just like that bad luck Brian guy. It's more people who have seen an update or uh, a video online of me now that know that I'm internet famous. So it's not like I can't have a normal life and go out in public and not get, I never get recognized. I, you know, I get recognized in a Chipotle maybe once every couple weeks or, mm. you know, but it's always for somebody who's seen an update of me. So it's like the perfect kind of famous where I'm not recognized ever. Okay. So yeah, when they said, do you want to put this on a, a, a t-shirt? I'm like, yeah, please. Yes, Absolutely. And you didn't look like the bad luck Brian image even just the five or six years after the photo was taken? No, no. I would say um, when I got to college, I kind of, I started working out. You know, I was was definitely, I grew probably three, four inches. You know, it it was like I hit puberty after I went uh, to college. So, um, no, I didn't look like the photo at all. Hmm. And what were some of the... um as you saw the image getting more memeified, where people would start to put their own captions on it and that sort of thing, do you remember having any favorites or any ones that that were not your favorite? Well, I would, you know, I would say uh, people on the internet will put 
disgusting things on everything. So anything to do with Nazis, you know, you get a lot of that kind of stuff with the Holocaust. And, you know, I just think that's in bad taste. And those are low hanging fruit that people make jokes about. There are a lot of good Bad Luck Brian memes, though, still, even if they can be a little bit edgy, like the one with the caption, finds water in the desert, drowns. I liked the, um, it was something like, got a pet rock and it ran away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> stuff like that, where it's like super clever, uh, simple, you know, and that, I think that's why it's turned out to be such a famous meme is because, uh, well, memes in general, people's attention span are like, you know, three seconds. Mine is. I know that for a fact. And so that's why I think the success of all these memes are is that they're easy, they're fast, they're clever, super easy to share, post, you know, and uh, I think that's why they've lasted as long as they have. Bad luck, Brian. The image itself is funny. But what I what I like about some of the memes that I've seen around Bad Luck Brian in particular is that it really demands a certain level of creativity and, and cleverness from the memer, you know? Like you can't mm-hmm. Yeah. It would be the lazy template to is just strong. Yeah, it would be lazy to just post yeah. the photo. But if you come up with something like had a pet rock, got a pet rock and it ran away, you know, like you right. the bar is a little higher for for that meme. And I think that's why mine was so successful. I don't think it's so much the picture as much as the it took a void of everybody has bad luck and this is a character that you could write your own text and share your experiences with other people. Everyone has this photo, you know, like I at least I do. I have like many, several years of yearbook photos that are yeah on par. I have some bowl cut <laughs> photos that are real, real rough. Yeah, yeah. And one. so it's yeah. kind of like your bad photo got to be the stand-in for all of our bad photos I, in yeah. a way. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's definitely relatable. There's no doubt about that. Did you have a moment where you recognized that it was, you know, it was beyond anything that you had imagined? So I have had many opportunities. Uh, licensing has kind of been like the biggest way I have kind of profited off of this. But the the bit, like the thing that kind of like really stood out to me as like this is insane was that I got I, I got reached out by a guy in Switzerland, Bern, Switzerland, who said he's a curator for a museum, a communications museum, and they would like to license the photo for a new exhibit they had about pop culture. And would I be willing to let them use the photo in the museum? And I thought it was a joke. I'm like, there's no way. There's absolutely no way. That's insane, you know? (laughs) A museum? How many people could say they're in a museum, you know? Other things that have happened, you know, I did a McDonald's commercial you know, what you, was the commercial? <laughs> so they had me, they had a guy who got bit by like a shark and some other guys that had some bad luck. And uh, they flew me out to L.A. <laughs> at the time, I, had, I didn't have very much information about what's going on. Pick me up and they bring me down. They're like, OK, you got to go to um, wardrobe. And I'm like, OK, and go to wardrobe. And guess what? I'm wearing the bad luck Brian get up. So that's good. And then they go to makeup and never done that before, you know, and it's just some guy just putting makeup on you and, you know, trying to cover up, uh, you know, some pimples or whatever on my face. And then they shove you into a room and they're like, okay, here are your lines. And I'm like, what? You know, no one told me I had lines. And 
So I'm trying to look at these lines going, trying to memorize these. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm never going to get this, you know. And then they go, okay, you're up. So, they, you know, they bring you into a room. There's 50 people in this room. They're all staring at you. You sit in front of a camera and they go, okay, we're going to just go through this. Act like no one's here. And it's like, oh, that's easy to say. There's 50 people in this room, you know. And, um, and so finally got through my lines. And I'm thinking, okay, well, this was fun, but let's never do this again kind of deal. And they go, okay, well, now we want you to eat. And they give you, like, some chicken McNuggets, cold. And they go, okay, so don't say anything. Eat it and smile and look at the camera. And I'm telling you what, the most awkward thing you'll ever do is eat a cold chicken McNugget in front of 30 people and try to put a smile on at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, it, and you have to do it 50 times, you know. It's just like, you know, okay, let's do it again. This time, look one inch higher than you were looking earlier. And it's like, oh, my God, kill me now, you know. So uh, it was a great experience. And – uh, extremely awesome. It sounds to, like it was not a great experience. Well, yeah, well it was. It was. You just went. Like, you just went from kill me now to it was a great experience. He's yes. contractually <laughs> obligated to yeah, say right. it was a great experience. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, it's one of those things where it's a great story. I'll never be able to say. I'm. Well, maybe you never know. But it's just one of those things you'll never be able to get to do again. And you know, ninety nine point nine percent of people will never be able to do that. But it was very cool seeing that side of acting. Did you did you feel like a celebrity at the time? No, never. The thing with uh, all of this, like meme celebrity stuff, is that it's it's fun to do on the weekends, and it's cool to go out to L.A. or fly over, you know, across the world to do an appearance. But it's kind of it's kind of just a weekend project. I like to say, you know, it's fun to do on the weekends, but it's back to reality on Monday. So, you know, it's never something that would ever make me enough money to sustain my lifestyle. Tell us more about the NFT deal. Like, who put it up for sale? How did that work? <laughs> so, um, we, we, we've been following kind of this NFT craze for a few months now. And not so much to be like, we, we should profit off of this. More of, it's just very interesting, I think. Um, just this whole culture of... Um, you know, giving back the power to the creator as far as these artists and being able to sell their digital artwork directly to people. So, you know, we saw uh, Nine Cat when he got his sale, I, I don't know, that was a month ago, maybe two month and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he got you know, somewhere around $600,000. And it's like, that's insane. That's an <laughs> insane amount of money. Who, you know, what, what, is, what is this? You know, we reached out to him. And super nice, kind of walked us through the process. And, you know, so we kind of just, we kind of did a little research and decided what platform we wanted to go with of our sale. And we we did it. And so we we queued it up correctly with a few other memes at the time, Scumbag Skeeve, uh, Keyboard Cat, and um, Grumpy Cat, let's say. And there was like a whole week of it. And um, so we we think it was very successful. Were you happy with what you got? For bad yeah. luck, Brian, given how much some of these other memes have sold for? <laughs> yeah, no, I... I <laughs> did you did you feel competitive about it? <laughs> yeah. Like you made... How much did you make? About $50,000, $44,000? Yeah, something... It was around there. So, you know, it's all sold in, you know, big... Uh, not Bitcoin, I'm sorry, uh, cryptocurrency. So, like you know... Like Ethereum. Ethereum, yeah. yeah. So, uh, we were... Yeah, we, I, we were happy to get what we got. I feel like the... Um, the teachers of the world 
might be frustrated with a story like yours in the sense that they might like to think that the the class clown gets their just desserts at the end, you know, <laughs> or like, like this is what happens if you goof off. You don't have a job and you don't you throw your life down the toilet, you know, um, and I just wonder if you feel like you've been exceptionally lucky or um, if you just like navigated this the right way or if you have a particular outlook on life that has gotten you through. I mean, for some people, this could have been a life, career, relationship ruining experience. And somehow you seem to have like spun it into gold. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I... I- I think uh, it has to do some with luck, definitely. And I absolutely think you're correct where I, I'm i sure I have had teachers in the past that are have thought, oh, uh, you know, you're, you're going to goof off. You know, you're not going to get far in life, you know. And, you know, even I, funny thing is, is that um, I would say we've had some famous people come and go through our high school as far as alumni. But uh, I'm really waiting for the day that my high school calls me back to really acknowledge that, um, you know, that I went there and that I'm a, a one, of, one of their kind of famous alumni. You know, they really haven't put me in that category yet. You know, we had, we've had like an Olympic gold winner or something like that, you know, but I really I, I really don't think they're going to call me back for anything, which is kind of disappointing because I would have to say my yearbook photo is the most famous yearbook photo out there and they just won't acknowledge it. How many kids? Uh, two of them. I got a, a daughter and a son. How old's your daughter? She wouldn't be four here in a couple weeks. If one or both of your kids comes home with a bad luck Brian-esque class picture will you be proud or mildly annoyed oh proud for sure 100 <laughs> percent. i will encourage it well kyle it's been really interesting to talk to you and hear about your life and um and your experience becoming a meme no i appreciate you guys having me on it was a great talk Okay, that's it for today. We'll be back next week with the penultimate episodes of our meme series. And in the meantime, have a safe and wonderful holiday. We are thankful for you for listening. Yeah, send me a picture of your um, leftover sandwich, because that's what I'm all about. I'm all about that. Just send me pictures of your desserts. I'll take the dessert pics. Just desserts. (laughs) Amory would like just desserts. It's not wrong. (laughs) All right. We'll talk soon. Bye. Bye. Support for this podcast comes from Is Business Broken, a podcast from BU Questrom School of Business. Listen on for a preview of one of the episodes. ESG, or environmental social governance, challenges businesses to think beyond the immediate bottom line. 
But before ESG, the balance scorecard did something similar. Questrom's Eddie Riedel explains. The big thing that was groundbreaking about the balance scorecard is really this idea to move beyond thinking about financial statements, which everybody thought about since the 1920s, right? That was kind of the gold standard for how to evaluate a company and its performance. And the balance scorecard's big insight, I think, was to get companies internally to think about, well, what if you don't just focus on financial measures? There are other things that are going to affect your performance, and maybe they won't affect them today, but they're going to affect them in the short term, midterm, long term. Building in those other criteria, those other dimensions, and explicitly linking that to your strategy, to how your company is going to operate, what kind of big decisions it's going to make, that's really what the big insight of the balanced scorecard was meant to do. And at the time, uh, right now, it doesn't seem particularly revolutionary. It seems kind of obvious. We've been stuck in the ESG movement for a while, and thinking about linking these things to corporate strategy seems pretty obvious. At the time, it was a pretty big, whoa, kind of moment. Find the full episode by searching for Is Business Broken? wherever you listen to podcasts, and learn more about the Mayrotra Institute for Business, Markets, and Society at ibms.bu.edu.